Do you want to start a business, get out of the office, achieve happiness and success while crushing life? This is Boss to Boss, the place to be for that extra motivation to get up and follow your dreams while learning from the ones who have already done it. And now for your host, Miro Wieslow. What is up? How you doing? How you feeling? Welcome to your one-stop shop for all the tips and recipes you'll ever need to take control of your life and finally become boss. Today's guest is a full-time house flipper who taught himself how to wholesale and flip houses to break free from the corporate world after spending 13 years working in retail sales to create the life he always wanted. His average flip is over 37K and he's now teaching others how to do the same thing. That is to make massive profits in real estate while continuing to grow his own flipping business. He recently spoke at the IMG Expo in New Orleans along with Gary V, and he's here to bring some major house flipping value to you today. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Jeremy Rubin, the friendly flipper. <laughs> Pleasure to have you on, Jeremy. How are you doing? Hey, Miro. Hey, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, of course, man. It's been long overdue, so I'm, I'm pumped about this. Um, just really quick, you want to tell the listeners something, uh, something a little new and exciting about you that we maybe don't know? Oh, something new and exciting. Well, <laughs> sure, yes. Here's something new that no one actually knows in this online world yet. Very few people knew uh, up until this point. I think just my family. I play the drums. Play the drums. Took drum lessons uh, in junior high and high school, and uh, actually it's my favorite instrument to play. Uh, I learned to read music at a young age. My parents uh, had me uh, take piano lessons, and um, I liked that for a while. But then I got tired of it, and then uh, but I always wanted to be a drummer. And so junior high, I became a drummer. Sad thing about that is I haven't been putting as much time into the drums as I used to. But uh, so which is why I don't really talk about it. But I'm getting uh, getting some things uh, in order, and uh, I'm thinking I need to get back to it. So that's something new to the world that wow. no one really knows. So that is that is perfect. So I, I got a business idea for you. Have you thought about doing like pop up drumming while you're doing your house flipping, like as you're selling a property or something? Like have like I, a li- have like a live event at the spot? No, but that's an awesome idea. See, I haven't I haven't. It's been such uh, just kind of like. A, I haven't brought that into my, my professional <laughs> house with the world at all. I love it though. So hmm, there might be something there. Yeah, man. I, uh, you definitely got to always follow your passions, right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Speaking of passions for you, I know it's definitely the house flipping business and real estate. Uh, when did you, uh, when did you realize, you know, enough was enough? You're done with this nine to five. You're done working for somebody else and you wanted to kind of step in and take over and be your own boss. Uh, well, it, I would I had been working at Verizon Wireless for 11 years, and at about the seventh year or so, eighth year, I realized that there was I had to do something different than that. I wasn't going to be able to do that uh, for the rest of my life. Now, I didn't take action right away. I stayed there for three more years, but I would say it was about, and that was a total of about nine, ten years into my entire retail career. So. From high school, and I worked retail basically from uh, 17, actually 16 and a half, um, doing holiday at Target City, 
hanging up CDs, uh, and then just went from there into product sales, and then eventually Verizon Wireless. Um, about ten years into a day job, you could say, I realized, like, man, uh, this isn't going to work for another thirty or forty years. Uh, did you hit a point? Like, did you know there was something more to you? Like, did you know you just have a bigger purpose? Yeah, yeah. There was like, I always felt when I would have a job, I would feel like you know, whatever they paid me, whatever they got hired, they hired me at, you know, I accepted that. But then there was always a point, like a crossover, an intersection where I'm like, I'm worth more now than what they're paying me. And just like from my perspective, even if I may have been or not or whatever, I just realized like, oh man, there's more, like, I could be doing more with this talent. Um, and so, but with each job that I went to, um, it kind of, like I stayed longer and longer. Mm-hmm. And then, realized that there was a definite shift where it hit me that they need me more than I need them. That's the reason I've been here for so long. Like that, they need me. Like it's not, and for so long I had the scarcity mentality of um, thinking I need this job. I need this job. And it was a great job. But I didn't realize the world is full of great jobs. Like if, if you're halfway decent and, and you, you can get a great job like you it's that hard, you know to 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 be able to have a good job with you know and and you can level up anyone who doesn't can always level up to that uh, but i had the scarcity mentality of like oh i need to hang on to you know and and i'm not even talking a six figure job you know it, it's you know so but it was still that security there's so much more out there and they need me otherwise they would be hanging on to me this so my talents probably could be if i was using stressing out for the company like day after day trying to put their numbers on the board to make, you know, the difference in my pay go, maybe is a thousand dollars. If we get the, like to go, you know, old quickly, grow old faster than I should. And then, and, and get gray hairs quicker than I should. Like it just, it, I definitely hit a, a rock bottom where I was like, man, this is not going to work. Like I'll, I feel dead in here. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't make sense. Right. I mean, you're putting in so much more work for somebody else, for somebody else that owned it at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, building someone else's dream, you know, and just it was like I caught on to like, yes, there's the security aspect of it, but we're playing the same game over and over and over. Mm-hmm. It's just like every single month it just became Groundhog Day right. thing. Like we're just putting the numbers on the board. Oh, it's the same race every 30 days we run. And it's just like, but it's not even for me. Like I'm not going to win at the end. Like I'm running out someone else's race. So did you have a plan though? Because obviously this took a while for it to, to you know go to fruition. And you said it was about three year a three year period that you really started thinking about it deeply. Did you have a set game plan like by the time you left, or did you sort of at one point did you just like kick yourself in the ass and just went with it and just you know went into the wild? No, I I definitely erred on the side of caution. I I made sure to have an, a game plan set up before I left. I was pretty scared, really. I mean, I was very as much as I wanted to leave. The unknown was scary. I always had a paycheck every two weeks since high school. Like I'd always had a, a job where it was like you know, consistent. Yeah. Um, so like. There was a lot of mental hurdles to overcome, a lot of fear-based that stuff that just kept me, kept me. But then it was like over time, it just kept building up. Just like, no, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. So I started planning. I started, you know, figuring out, you know, 
the I, I first got the idea it took me about three years you know then start that first year just like you know kicking ideas around searching on YouTube trying to figure out okay I need to I need to escape how am yeah. I gonna and then um, once I figured out it was going to be real estate, then I, I had to prove the concept. So I actually started doing real estate part time. Um, so worked there. And then even then, even after I'd done a deal, uh, a wholesale and a couple uh, and even a flip, eventually I did my first flip um, before I had actually left. Um, I made sure to have that I was going to be OK. I had enough to live on for six months. So. A lot of people take they just take the leap like some entrepreneurs do that i wasn't one of those people if that's you know that's entirely i, I guess the person's up to their comfort level but from where i had ended up being as far as kind of going through that for over 13 years and that was like this i didn't feel like i could just jump yeah. um, so i was like a big fan so i think it works either way you know sometimes people can jump but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but wiser to like bridge the gap but hey that was my risk tolerance at the time so. okay so you made it work kind of the way that you felt best right? yeah I saw, and i endured another you know kind of three years of mm -hmm. like oh, it sucks like being here but at least there was like that hope of and that ray of light like you know if i do this like it'll, there'll be a payoff you know at the end and and uh and so it worked out it worked out i ended up i did end up i set a goal of quitting um January 5th, um, January, sorry, January 7th, uh, 2016, no, 15, sorry. Huh. And I ended up putting 16. So one year later, uh, which is actually 11 years to the day when I, um, got hired, that was the significance of that, like that date. Um, so it took me a year longer, but I ended up doing so. So do you think just having something down on paper, like I always uh, say a lot of things on my shows about having things down on paper or writing it down, having set dates, did that help? Uh, it, I really, I, I didn't, I wasn't even aware that much of that, at that, like personal development mm -hmm. was like pretty foreign to me and like writing down goals. Like I had done it just for, for work because we, you know, had I was to. just conditioned to, yeah, whatever yeah. we had. To. The, the things you have to write down every year and repeat yeah. them and repeat yeah. them and recycle them. Right. Exactly. Like that, that stuff. But, but, um, I really, yeah, this was before actually I even got into really personal development, um, self-development kind of stuff that all kind of came at that same time when I broke free, um, from the corporate world. Cause I didn't really have time. It was uh, from, you know, when I worked, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day there, and then would come home and, you know, work on real estate. Um, I was, I didn't realize how I didn't have any time for creativity. Mm -hmm, I mean, I did, mm -hmm. I, I, looking back, I'm like, man, I was, when your time is devoted to someone else's dream so much, like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, it takes away your ability, your, like all your resources to be creative for yourself. And I didn't realize how much like that was having just the corporate job affected that until like after I quit. And so that's when I got a lot more into self-development and stuff. So I think I would have got out probably quicker if I had a written plan, but I, I wasn't that like that. I wasn't thinking like on those terms at that time. So do you think that the corporate world like has a way of sort of controlling, like not, 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 not like a conspiracy or anything, but a way that they control the amount 
um, of time that you have and where you put your time just to, to actually get you to a point where you don't have the time to even think outside the box. You think yeah, that's possible? I, yeah, it's just, it's, you have, you know, we have our peak creative hours, like, you know, when we're at our best and when we're, I mean, it's just that the way the world works, you know, when you go to a job, it's typically you want to go wake up generally and feel refreshed and, you know, you don't go to your job at your end, end of your day typically, you know, so we just end up giving our best hours to, you know, someone else's dream, you know, and, and then by the time, you know, you're, you're done with your day, you're tired, you don't have that energy, you're not thinking that higher level, not, you know, able to like, you just want to go home and veg out or, or just, or, or, you know, go to the gym or work on your next project. Um, we end up just giving those best hours. And as a result, it's like it kind of hinders our potential. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's fine if you're aware of that, but I wasn't, I think, aware of that for so long. And it was like, oh man, this is kind of like, dang. And I think a lot of, I mean, it, because it's kind of the norm. Mm -hmm. I just would definitely encourage anyone who's not happy with if, if they're at a job and they're not happy to, you know, consider, you know, you can be doing much more. If you think you can, you, you can. I think that's very deep and I agree with that a hundred percent and that listeners will find it very important just to sort of know and be aware of these things that they're out there and that, you know, that this is happening to, you know, all of us, if, if we are in these positions, not to say that it's good or bad. Some people, you know, are comfortable with the way things are. Totally. Yeah. As long as you're aware, you know, and you're making, you know, a conscious choice, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so did you, I'm sure there must've been like one or two mistakes you made, right? Along the way. Maybe, oh yeah. Not too many, but like one or two. You want to, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give us a notable one, something that really helped kind of sculpt things. Sure. Yeah. So my biggest mistakes, I would say listening. Well, the first thing is they, these were turning points, major turning points. Yeah. Listening to the fear. Well, realizing that you bring value, realizing that I brought value to this company, you bring value to your day job. Whatever you do, you bring value. Mm. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. And that value is not exclusive to that company or that entity or whatever it is. Like you bring that value and that's like just the that's likelihood is that's the bare minimum. Like you can actually like bring a lot more. And like, once I had that mindset shift, I was like, I realized like there's tons of more of opportunities and that led into abundance mentality. That's the biggest, I think shift, like going from, I need this job. Like I will, whatever, whatever the company asks me to do just so I can hang on to, Oh yes, please let me keep my job. Like that to there's a whole world out there of opportunity and it's not like an overnight shift that wasn't like just an overnight mindset shift it's like shifting scarcity to like realizing abundance is like almost like a veal that like or a veil or whatever like that comes like slowly like more and more you start to realize and see so the if i could have done that faster or realized or even just become a became aware of that like earlier on like if you see the world that way it is that way so like adopting an abundance mindset is like i just have to like mm -hmm. that is like the strongest creates opportunities yeah i think there's not opportunities there's not going to be opportunities and for so long when we're just you know servants to the job or the mm -hmm. corporate world 
we're yet conditioned to our mind isn't in that place. It's in, Oh, I need this. Like, you know, you're, you're, yes, you're thankful for your paycheck, but like it keeps you held down. I kind of dodged the mistake question. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess you got it in a way though, right? That, that was something like, you had to overcome. Man, I've made so many mistakes though, when it comes to like house flipping, like yeah, under, you're... staying by the numbers, staying, mm-hmm. okay, first don't get emotional. I've gotten emotional and, and, Paid a little more than I should have, about ten thousand than I should have, because I was like, "You really wanted it, right? You really wanted that property." And I mean, it still fit the numbers, but I probably could have been a little more, just like I could have just stuck to it. Uh, but there was a couple other uh, investors that were also bidding on it, and so I was like, paid about ten grand more than I should have. Mm-hmm. But looking back, still got the house and still made money on it. Um, underestimating repairs though that is that will get you big time like that's what lost anticipated like huge anticipated profits where it caught it cut like half of it um just because of not knowing um how to correctly estimate repairs and go through and and just really assess things so the lesson in that really when i still came out profitable but only made about a third of what we thought uh, going into it and so had there not been the margin up front, like that could have easily lost several thousand dollars, but, um, fortunately it didn't. Um, but the lesson there, the big mistake that I was like, so it's all, it's all by the numbers. It's just live and die by the numbers and, you know, just get granular. And it's only more beneficial to get more and drill down further and further detail wise. Like if you need to like down to, you know, not necessarily the penny, but like the yeah. dollar that, that is like that greatly reduce the risk. And, um, that's the, I would say biggest thing overall, like several mistakes contributed to, to me realizing like, that's like, okay, yes, we need to know like as accurately as possible, even though there's, you know, playing with thousands of dollars, there's leeway and you yeah. want to make sure it's going to be a cushion, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you can do to eliminate risk. I'm big on reducing, you know, reducing risk as much as possible so do you think that was just uh you know matter kind of like you had to make the mistakes to learn those things or could you have done something better yeah yeah i mean just kind of going through the motions i mean had i not made those mistakes i wouldn't have you know i I, yes i i paid tuition to the college of life or the university of you know life but at the same time it was well worth it you know Mm -hmm. it was still you know, the alternative would have been not taking action and not learning that and, you know, not progressing. So, um, yeah, just kind of, I mean, I make, a, I would say I do make a lot of mistakes, but only because I keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, like the question I always ask myself is what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And that kind of pulls me along to the next thing. And as I'm going along, you know, it's not always, smooth. I'm not always smoothly navigating the course. Yeah. Sometimes you're hitting cones and stuff on the way, but you're getting down the road. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, has helped quite a bit, I think in just in growth and moving forward and just knowing that you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and accepting that, like I, I got comfortable knowing that, Hey, I'm going to make mistakes. And it's as long as I can avoid the major ones and, and, and not make the same ones twice, then then that's I'm growing and then I'm moving forward. Definitely, yeah, and that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to learn and kind of accept. So hopefully, hopefully the listeners find this as a good tool. 
to know that it, it is okay and uh, these things only help yeah it's okay they're gonna happen so let's just say one of us is sitting in an office you know in a cubicle behind that desk and we're kind of on the edge on the edge of our seat you know we're getting anxious we're just not sure you know is this the life for us do we want to go this boss you know entrepreneur sort of lifestyle or do we not do we stay like what kind of tip would you give to that person if they should make the leap build a bridge you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to dive i mean yes you want to be 100 percent in your efforts if mm -hmm. you want to try something new but you don't have to just quit your job right now do what i did make a plan start part-time figure out what you want to do first and and make a plan and, and and execute on it and you know prove it if you have to prove the concept to yourself do it i mean yeah you are going to sacrifice you know time you're right. off now you know you're, you're going to have to give something here like you got it that's the thing you got to have to want it if you if you if that's what ultimately drove me to not caring about anything else other than okay i'm going to figure out a way to get out of here like so if you're too comfortable uh, you know it's like you're gonna it does take some sacrifice like there you're gonna have to power somewhere but i mean you don't have to jump right in and and uh and just like you know with no parachute as they say no. like yeah you can you try it out try different things out and it took me three years has it been worth it though 100 percent. i would never go back to corporate america <laughs> just and every day that goes by it's like mm -hmm. i feel more and more like ah just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But I didn't realize how many other options were out there, even if it wasn't house flipping now. Just like there's my eyes are open to so many opportunities. There's so, so many ways to add value to society now with the internet. And it sounds cliche when you say with the internet and the can but really like there are it so, is. you just have to, like you just have to find a way to, to add value to a certain amount of people. And it doesn't have, and the, given the amount of people that you can reach, it's not even that many people that you that you need to reach to be able to to sell a product or service. So it's like uh, there's even if it wasn't house flipping, there's so many other opportunities that people can find. I would just say start exploring on YouTube, start searching um, how to make money, how to make money online, how to make money at home, how to start your own business, and then you'll stumble upon something that that resonates with you, and then you try it and. And then I, you know, so the same, that's what I did. Found a few different things and then ended up sticking with real estate. Yeah. And I, that's so important that you bring all that up. I'm glad you did because I wanted to kind of transition to it. And you have a presence online. You definitely have a presence on social media. That's how I came across you, you know, just seeing videos of you on social media. And does, that does work. And all you really did was just start putting yourself out there. What, like a year ago, right? Pretty much yeah. is when you started doing it and. I mean, it does work. And if people want to find more about you, your website is thefriendlyflipperacademy.com, right? Or they could just search for you uh, anywhere on social media, look for The Friendly Flipper pretty much, right? Yeah. Friendlyflipperacademy.com, The Friendly Flipper all over social media. Um, yeah, not hard to find. Yeah, he's not hard to find. I can tell you guys that much. You'll you'll probably see him right away as soon as you start typing in. <laughs> so, so like you said, I mean, one year ago, I had never mm -hmm. gone live. Uh, yeah, as of March of last year, that's the first time I went live. Didn't use Instagram, didn't use Snapchat. I didn't use anything other than Facebook just for like high school friend connections. Right. So it's just, but I started putting myself out there more and more and anyone can do that. Anyone has the tool that you need to do that is, is this, it's just a cell phone with, you know, 
it's a cell phone, smartphone. Everyone has it. So it just goes to show that you can go out there and you can go after it. In a year's time, I mean, I never expected to be talking to you on a podcast. Right? Look and, at that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and now you're on Boss to Boss, and yeah. uh, and it's it's happening. It's happening. Um, <laughs> well, all right. Now on to our listeners' favorite segment of the show. Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. So this round, the strict rules are you only get five seconds to answer each question. You gotta okay. think. Gotta think quick. Think on your feet. If you don't like your uh, answer, too bad. We keep going. Um, otherwise, my producer comes down here. I don't know what he does. You know, breaks breaks legs or something. I don't really know. I don't want to deal with him. Uh, so let's just let's just let's just keep it at that. <laughs> First question: Your favorite book? Rich Dad Poor Dad. You're stranded on an island. What is the one item you want with you? Hmm. Toyota Supra is the first thing that came to mind, so I'm gonna stick with that. That's a great answer. Who was or currently is your greatest mentor? Grant Cardone. Is entrepreneurism a fad? Partially, partially. There's a fad aspect to it, I think. Um, it's become kind of cool in recent years, more and more. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, I think that it's getting more and more because more and more people are they're uh, becoming aware. I, there's a lot of, I think. It depends how you define entrepreneur. There's so many, you know, definitions, right? If you're talking the true person that goes and starts businesses and then creates businesses and sells them. That's like, I think the truest definition and then creates the next business moves on and on. But then we also have, you know, um, you know, single person businesses. And then, you know, that falls under the entrepreneur, uh, category nowadays. So I think it's great that more and more people are, are starting their own businesses. I think that's fantastic. I think that's becoming the fact that it's a broader term. You can't just stick it to the, you know, that, that textbook definition now. Um, but I think there is an aspect of, yeah, people want to do it to be cool and stuff, but I think that's great because it just, it shines more light on it as an opportunity. And then when, and then people try it and then if it's right for them, that's awesome. And if it's not right for them, that's fine too. Like, so yes and no, I think it's more popular kind of than ever mm-hmm. that the, the term, but, um, I don't think it's bad. I think it just, you know, it, it exposes that as even another opportunity for more people to to see if they want to do that or not. Uh, that's a great, great, way, great way to look at it. That's for sure. Moving on, is voice the future, specifically podcasts? Ooh, I would say so. I say voice and video. I'm not sure. I think voice. Uh, they say you know, voice is king over video, even so, and it's with you know, eBooks and everything like that. And are always on the go lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I definitely hate podcasts. I learned yeah, a lot about podcasts. So shoot. <laughs> you heard it here, everybody. Keep listening to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Is there one health item, a food or drink item that makes you different from everybody else? A food or drink item that you consume every day. Uh, the Trader Joe's green drink. I drink the the Trader Joe's uh, green drink powder. It's got a bunch of antioxidants in it, and uh, at least that's what it says on the label. This is not a shameless plug for uh, Trader Joe's, by the way, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> an hour before my first meal of the day. Actually getting a little bit of energy from it. It's interesting. So, okay. Yeah. I got to gotta take a look at it. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, you heard it here. That's Friendly Flipper Academy or just search Friendly Flipper anywhere on social media, anywhere on internet, Google, YouTube. You'll find plenty of videos, plenty of good stuff, amazing content. And there's a chance you've probably seen his face somewhere in a random video. And you'll be like, oh, that's the guy, Jeremy Rubin. <laughs> All right. So you want to tell our listeners uh, where can we find you next? Like what's the next little uh, tidbit you want to share? What could we expect? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, just look out for me on social media. I'm coming big on YouTube and uh, Instagram. That's where I'm going to be blowing up next. Um putting a lot of effort into YouTube in the coming months and I'll be doing more and more public speaking events too. So you'll stay tuned. I'll be announcing those, hyping those up. So staying out of my comfort zone. All right. Well, we're definitely going to stay tuned and that just gives us something more to look forward to. (laughs) So we're, we're excited. All right, man. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Jeremy Rubin will definitely uh, be talking again soon. Thanks so much, Miro. Have a great day, man. That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two, boss.com. And remember, the time is now.